check in with yourself. Are you breathing or are you holding your breath? So if you realize that you're holding your breath, let your belly go. That's the first thing because they're not looking at your belly. They really aren't. It does. I'm telling you physically, like from a visual perspective, it doesn't matter. You just let those muscles go. And what's going to happen is the breath is going to fall into the lower lobes of those lungs. And then that's what's going to carry your message out. That's what's carrying your words. Second thing, open your sternum. Welcome to the Women Choosing Growth Podcast, where we feature inspiring stories of success, challenges of growth, and lessons learned from women entrepreneurs, industry experts, and thought leaders who have been through the growing pains inevitable as an entrepreneur. Whether you are just getting started or are looking to scale up your business, our show is designed to provide you with the tools, resources, and community you need to grow your business. Join your host, Tina Sue, a lifelong entrepreneur and business growth advisor, as we explore topics such as marketing, sales, finance, leadership, and personal growth, all tailored specifically to the needs of women entrepreneurs. So if you're ready to grow your business faster and smarter, then this podcast is for you. Thanks for tuning in and let's get started. Today's guest is Darcy Webb, an award-winning voice and speech teacher for over three decades. So women, listen up, because today is all about being heard. Darcy's been helping people use their voices to connect with audiences around the world with power, elegance, and heart. Public speakers, thought leaders, corporate executives wanting to up their game, psychologists and doctors wishing to connect more effectively with their patients, university professors striving to make an impact on their students, Broadway performers, television actors, even astronauts have worked with Darcy to unlock their voice and express their truth. She's a former associate professor of voice and speech at the University of Arts and a current member of the performance faculty at Drexel University. She's worked with hundreds of individuals to make their words resonate with clarity, precision, and confidence. So you ladies in business who are doing presentations, who are doing speeches, who just want to be heard in a room, just want to project your voice with confidence, we're going to be talking about the emotional side of things and the physical side of being heard. So stay tuned. It's a great episode. I am excited to have our guest with us today because she's going to be sharing her wisdom and expertise on a subject many women have struggled with, especially women in business. Her expertise is helping women be heard. She is going to answer the question of how women can communicate with clarity, confidence, and calm. And simply, how can you learn to sound like you know what you're talking about in business? She's going to be sharing some great tips on not only the emotional side, like mindset and confidence, but even more importantly, the physical skills needed to actually be heard. Welcome to the show, Darcy. Wow. Thank you, Tina. And I love that intro. <laughs> it's so great. Because <laughs> it's true. Well, thank you. It is all true. Uh, Darcy, I always love to start out an episode sharing the journey of our guest. So I know you've been in this field for a long time, what, three decades, is, yep. if that is correct. And you've worked with some pretty high profile uh, individuals. So what was your journey like? And how did you become this speech diva and voice coach? Well, here's the thing. I studied many years ago to be an actor, and that was all I wanted to do. And 
I really excelled in college in voice and speech, loved voice and speech. I loved the mechanics of it. I loved the science of it. Um, There's a particular thing called the International Phonetic Alphabet, which uh, um, associates uh, specific symbols with specific sounds that we make in everyday speech. And I just, I was, I loved it. I loved it all. When I graduated and I started working as an actor and I was auditioning and auditioning and auditioning and I did some work and I wasn't sure I wanted to be an actor. So I kept, uh, years ago, there was this book published called What Color Is Your Parachute? Hmm. You heard that book? I have not. It's about how to identify what you're really good at and what you're meant to do. And so I took the test, you know, I read the book and I took the test in what color is your parachute and it came up a teacher. Hmm. Well, I didn't want to be a teacher. I thought that seemed like I would be selling out. So I said, I'm not going to be a teacher. I'm not going to be a sellout. I'm going to keep acting. So I would audition and I would audition and I would perform some, but mostly you audition when you're an actor (laughs) and you have to get used to hearing no. Years later, a few years later, I took the test again, and it came up a teacher. (laughs) And I thought, okay, I'm going to take it again, and I'm going to change these answers. You know how you take those tests, and then you kind of try and tweak the answers a little bit to get the, the, the answer that you want, the result that you want? So I took it again, tweaked the answers, came up a teacher. I thought, the hell with that. (laughs) And then I, you know, I dabbled in interior design for a little while. And I was the admissions counselor for a Montessori school. And I did all kinds of things. I was avoiding acting at this point because it's just hard. And I had two little kids. One day, my husband came to me, my husband who was working at at the University of the Arts, He was a professor there, and he said, hey, they're looking for a voice and speech professor for one section. You want to teach it? And I was so (laughs) tired of saying no, Tina, that I said, "Uh, okay, I'll teach one section. I loved it. They loved it. They handed me all the sections of voice and speech for actors and musical theater majors, and I taught there for over 20 years. That's awesome. And I was just, I'm, I'm a good teacher. That's, I, I'm a good voice and speech teacher. And that was how I found my way. When the pandemic came, I had, I had worked also for a, a while at Heroic Public Speaking, uh, which is a, a company that trains public speakers. When the pandemic came, everything shut down. But there were speakers who wanted to continue to work. There were speakers who were speaking online. There were people who were, they were working online and suddenly they were confronted with this thing called Zoom and they needed to (laughs) learn how to be in front of Zoom. And so I opened my own business. I opened my own studio and created a business during the pandemic. And that's how I came to this. (laughs) <laughs> and that's how you became the diva that you are. I love it. <laughs> well, I did tell my students years ago, I am the speech diva. Don't mess with me. And then that just kind of stuck. So. <laughs> I love it. 
Thank you for that. That's it. That that is. Uh, I I love the fact that you take the test. How many times? And you're Great. just thinking in your head, like, no, this this isn't right. Well, turns out it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Makes me want to go wonder what color my parachute is. <laughs> what color is your parachute? And I I think it is still in print. I think it's it's an old book, but it's still in print. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, it's a funny. It's a fun. I made. It's a. I think every very few people's. I think trajectory to their, you know, what they do is linear. Mine Agreed. is really a, a zigzag. Yes. That's why I love asking the question um, for the listeners, because we, you know, every, every, I think everyone that we've ever had on the show, the same thing. Well, I thought I was here, but <laughs> right. this pivot and that pivot and and the world, you know, interjected somehow. And um, yeah, I love always hearing the story because it isn't, you don't, you don't graduate college or wherever high school yeah. and plan your life. And it doesn't stay that way at all. So. Oh my gosh. And I planned it. I really planned it. I knew what I was going to do. I was going to go to New York. I was going to work in regional theater and it just wasn't what I wanted. It was not what I wanted. So I like it. Well, let's talk about voice coaching. Um, what, you know, our listeners are women in business from all aspects. Um, what are some of the challenges that women have when it comes to being heard? Well, I've experienced <laughs> the challenges myself in faculty meetings where the chairman of the uh, department is a man and they just don't, they don't want to listen to women. And so women mm-hmm. often end up not talking. But then you have some women like me who are, and a couple of other colleagues I had that are vocal and opinionated, and they don't even realize, the men don't realize how hard they're working to shut us down. And so it's very frustrating. And I, th- I, I think I said that to you. It's, I, people, women feel thwarted. They feel frustrated. They feel unheard. Um, and I think that. One of the things that has happened to me in the past, we'll talk about me before I talk about um, some of my clients, is that I want to cry when I am not heard and I'm frustrated. Some women get angry. Some women just shut down. I cry. And so there are techniques that I have learned from other colleagues that I implement so that I don't cry. And I have taught them to my women clients who are struggling so that they can be fully present and assertive and engaging when they are, even when they are in conflict. It's hard. Um, mm-hmm. I'm working with a, a, a pastor right now who's struggling with uh, an assistant pastor who's struggling with the leader of the church. And, you know, as sometimes happens, there are factions that are forming and they have meetings and she and her group feel like they are being particularly manipulated and, and they feel like they are not being heard. My pastor that I'm coaching feels like nobody's listening to her. And so mm. I'm working with her on centering herself and grounding herself so that and there are there are specific things that you can do so that you get your head in the right place 
Because what happens when yeah. we're scared? We start spinning. Our head starts spinning, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like it's a little whirly bird mm-hmm. and it kind of goes up into the air and we go with it and, and suddenly we're not present anymore. So there are, there are things that we can do to ground ourselves and make ourselves present. That's first to make sure that we are fully okay. present. I love that. I, I actually am thinking as you're talking that I'm doing a self-analysis <laughs> of how, when I don't feel heard, you know, do I get angry or do I feel like crying? And I think for the listeners, that's really something of, you know, think of a time when you are in a situation where you don't feel heard, you don't feel like you're getting your point across, not just physically heard, but heard as in what you're trying to communicate. And what were your reactions to that? I imagine that's first step. And then second step would be some of the techniques we'll go into here in a little bit about physically what to do with that. But yeah, I had not given it much thought of how I react, Yeah, how I'm emotionally feeling when not being heard. It's interesting. We have to be present in our own bodies in order to realize that that's actually happening. So we have to be present mm-hmm. in our own bodies while at the same time, we're present with that person who's talking to us, right? It's tricky and requires <laughs> yeah. a lot of mindfulness and practice. One of the things that I was so intrigued with um, two years ago when, when we had our uh, presidential election, doesn't matter whether you're, you know, what your, what your political leanings are. If you watched the debate between, at that time, Vice President Pence and Kamala Harris, and he kept talking over her, talking over her, and mm-hmm. she was very present and said, I am speaking. I am speaking. I was fascinated with that because eventually he stopped. She kept saying, I am speaking, yes. Mr. Vice President. I remember that. I remember thinking the same thing, sitting on my couch watching that and going, oh my gosh, he just keeps talking over her. And when she stood up for herself, it was like woman power regardless. Yeah, it was really (laughs) great. And she has enormous presence on camera and on stage. And that sometimes that comes naturally, but really that is a lot of coaching and a lot of practice. And we don't even think about that. You know, we don't think about it. I was just going to ask that because, you know, some type A personalities, some people it is natural for to be more assertive or be more confident. What about those folks who aren't as assertive or maybe they're just either, either they're getting started out in their business or they're just not naturally an assertive person. How does one, even not in a situation where they're not being her, but even to get started, to go and do presentations, to go and be in front of a group and talk about their business or their passion. How does someone who's not naturally like that get started? You know, I think that we forget often that what we're doing whenever we do just about anything is we're performing. I know that sounds like, um, it, it doesn't mean that it's inauthentic. When we're performing doesn't mean, oh, she's a phony. It means she's fully present and she's, she's fully present in the moment and she's doing her job. In order to perform, lots, some people have it naturally. Lots of times you need training. You need to learn how to perform. And so 
a lot of my clients have in the past gone and taken improv classes. So there are, and there are tons of them around. I'm sure there are in the city where you live. They're everywhere. You just go take an improv class and you start to play, right? You start to play with improvisation. Somebody throws something at you and then you're supposed to throw something back with a yes and. We know about the yes and, right? So someone says to you, Sure. Oh, you look like a duck today. Yes. And I'm also feeling very beautiful or whatever it is. But um, improv classes can really help you to feel more comfortable with being in the moment and talking on the fly. That's right. The, okay. Which is a lot of... Which is yes. a lot of what, I, we, what we do. It's, it's what I'm doing right now. It's what you're doing right now, right? We, we're not... We kind of know where we're going with this, Tina, but we're really not scripted, are we? And so... No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> we're, no. we're just having a conversation. So exactly. improv classes yes. can really help with that a lot. And that's not something I teach. Okay. I mean, that's, that's not my... But I, but I do know that that's very effective for women in business and for women leaders. It helps you feel more comfortable. It helps you feel more comfortable in your skin. It helps you roll with the punches. Think on the fly, on the like fly. you said. It's, which is really when, if you are putting yourself in a, pre, in a presentation or some kind of, even a speaking engagement or a podcast, you, you can't be scripted. And so you have to have that skill and the confidence to be able to roll with yeah. the flow. And you might have an outline, you know, like when I get up to do a master class, I kind of know where I'm going with it. But it all, sure. what does this person need? What is this person asking about? What, what just flew into my head that would be really great to, to address this issue that's just come up? So, and sometimes we're afraid to let that out. You know, sometimes we're just, we know the answer, but we're afraid to speak it. That. I think that comes down to the confidence, right? It, it comes down to confidence and it comes and it, all, yeah. It's confidence, but where do you get your confidence? Do you get your confidence just from being confident or do you get your confidence from skill? Nope. Exactly from skill. <laughs> well, that's where I got, that's where I get mine. <laughs> exactly. And practice, right? So lots of times we're thrown into these situations and we don't know what to do or we haven't practiced enough. We haven't been in that situation enough. But of course, the more we put ourselves in that situation, the easier it becomes. I worked with one woman who works for a large corporation and she was really frustrated. Very smart, young woman, really just brilliant and, and at the top of her game, but she was not, nobody was paying any attention to her. And it was actually her boss who was a woman who said, you know, you might want to, you might want to think about what you can do because I, I want to see you advance. So she came to me and what she talked about, we talked about the quality of her voice, first of all, that it um, was low, pretty monotone, not really listenable. And she said, well, you know, I was really, I've been very successful and really smart from the time I've been young. And I've always been placed into groups where everybody has been older than I. So I would always pretend to be older. And in order to pretend that, I would mimic the older people. I would just be talking like this because I thought that it made me sound older. 
And she got in the habit of talking like that. So what we did was we found her authentic voice, her natural voice, which everybody has inside them. But a lot of times women are afraid to express that natural sound for fear that they will not sound commanding, powerful, like a guy, or like they're in charge. But really, yes, but really they're in charge when they are compelling people to listen with the truthful voice that's inside them, their authentic voice. I had never even thought of that, that there would be that people change their voice. I, I mean, the, the story you just shared is um, eye-opening, if nothing else, that there are probably listeners out there right now who have done something similar, maybe not mimicked an older voice as your client had, but not using their true authentic voice. Are you an accomplished woman business owner with a story to tell? Do you crave a platform where you can share your journey, the good, the bad, and the ugly? Hey, everyone, it's Tina here. If you're fans of the show, then you know we are a show that celebrates the strengths and resilience of women entrepreneurs just like you. As we're getting this podcasting community going, I thought it would be fitting to an extended invitation to apply to join me as a guest on our Top 100 podcast platform. I started Women Choosing Growth because I believe that real growth happens when we come together and share our expertise and our experiences. We want to hear your inspiring stories, the challenges you face, and the lessons you've learned on your entrepreneur journey. Whether you've triumphed over adversity or face setbacks head on, your story has the power to inspire and empower other women just like you. This platform is for you to showcase your achievements, highlight your expertise, and create meaningful connections within our community. So if you're a fearless woman business owner, unafraid to open up about your path to success, we want you on our show. Go to www.womenchoosinggrowth.com and join our community. From there, you'll be given the chance to fill out the short application. If you believe that you have a story to share, then why not? Once again, it's www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. I can't wait to feature more amazing and talented women in this community. Now, back to the show. How does one find their true? I'll give you another voice? example, if I can, before I tell you that. My, my, this was sure, years ago, absolutely. many, many years ago, when I was young, when I was a, like a young teenager, and I would bring my friends home and I would introduce them to my mother. And my mother would say, how nice to meet you. Darcy's told me so much about you. And I think, what is she talking in that point? Yeah, who is that? Who is and that? then she would, they would leave and she would say, do you see the crap upstairs in your bedroom? You better get up there and clean it up now. And I think, oh my God. <laughs> so we, we do change our voices. And sometimes we can do it to great effect as Barack Obama does when he's standing in a church full of Black people, his congregation, he talks, he talks like them because that's how he relates to them. But when he's orating, he speaks differently. That's really good. That's like good, you know, shifting your voice, voice, right? But when you're talking in an inauthentic way, as my mother was, 
that's not so good. <laughs> so there's times like these that I wish we recorded video because that was hilarious. <laughs> what you just did. <laughs> you had the face that went along with the little tiny voice that your mom had. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you say that because the face has a lot to do with how we project our sound and how people understand us. Because here's another thing. A lot of people and I, I'm throwing no shade on Botox at all because I'm actually considering a tiny bit for myself now. But when you get a lot of it, it can actually freeze up your face and that will um, impede your ability to express yourself facially. And as my husband, who also uh, coaches performers, is fond of saying, your face is your ace. Because it helps people actually hear, understand what you're saying. I, I yeah. believe that 100%. I've been told for a long time that my face says more than what my voice That's does, good. actually. Well, unless you're trying to play poker. Not so good. <laughs> yeah, not so good. I don't play poker probably for that reason. <laughs> so you had asked how you find your authentic voice. And... and um, mm -hmm. A lot of it is just getting comfortable with making sound. Because we, as kids, we did it all the time. Mostly, most of us did it. Sure. You know, we hopped around, we yelled, we played, we hooted, we um, mimicked other people. Maybe um, you, you know, sang to yourself and pretended that you were somebody else. And then what happens is you get older and people knock that out of you. Um, or you, a lot of times, actually the, the way I grew up was hearing people tell me to be quiet, to move out of the way. I was in the way. I was like a bull in a china shop. I was making too much noise. And a lot of people will hear that over and over again. And then they start to clamp down their sound. So there are a number of exercises that we can do to release that sound. Another example would be the man that I worked, uh, I, I was working with him. He was a, he worked for, I don't know, the Central Intelligence Agency, the FBI, one of those places like that. And so I said to him, and he was doing a speech, and he was moving into cybersecurity. He was, that's what he was doing. And I said to him, you know, it's funny. I'm realizing that you don't open your mouth very much when you talk. And it's causing the sound to get stuck in, back in your throat. And he said, very tight lip, well, that's because I used to be a spy. <laughs> and he said that when there. he was, <laughs> when he was uh, you know, in foreign countries and he was working, he had to be careful about not only how loudly he spoke, but whether people were reading his lips or not. It was just like the movies. I was so excited when he told me that story. <laughs> exactly. It, it does make sense. sense. And we had to work to open his mouth because, he, because what happens is we have muscles in our face and they, just like any muscle needs to be stretched and worked, the facial muscles do too. And so we just worked to awaken those muscles in his face and to stretch that um, muscle that 
connects the lower jaw to the skull, which is called the masseter muscle. It, it holds those in place. We use it to chew. Sometimes we need to stretch it out a little more in order to open our mouths to speak. People bite their tongues a lot to prevent themselves from saying what they really mean or saying the truth or speaking out loud. Biting their tongue is a real thing? I thought that was just it's an kind analogy. of a real thing. Clamping your, clenching your teeth. Huh. Interesting. So I think people often associate, I mean, I, I think it's, at least for me, it's very common to think a professional singer obviously has voice lessons. They don't just get up on a stage and, you know, some are amazing from young age, but they all have training of their voice. I had never given it a thought for someone in business that it sounds to me like you're sharing it's basically similar. If you're doing any kind of presentations, if you're speaking, even something uh, of a even small presentations, if you're a business owner and you're wanting to project what it is that you're sharing in a confident way to be heard, there's skill, there's physical skill, physical training behind it. And when you get the physical training, then you have the mindset to be, you know, and the the confidence. I worked with a man who had a lot of um, speech issues voice, really voice issues. And he, um, worked with, you know, small groups and one-on-one, his clients were often one-on-one and small groups. And he just didn't feel confident. He didn't like his voice. He just didn't like his voice for whatever reason. And we worked and we worked and we worked. And after 18 months, that man is now speaking about his expertise in front of 1,800 people, 1,500 people. And he can't believe it. And he can't believe that he feels that confident when he really hated his voice before. I love those stories. I do. So how would someone, if there's the people who already know that they don't like their voice or that they want to do something different, maybe even just projecting. Like I have acquired a voice. I know I have to be conscious about that in certain situations to actually physically project because it's not, I, I don't have a loud voice. For someone who isn't sure if their voice is actually affecting their ability to be heard, to be have people actually pay attention to what they're saying in a presentation or, you know, maybe they have a podcast and they're not getting as many listeners as they want. How does someone know that their voice is maybe, you know, inhibiting their business growth in some way? I don't, I don't, I don't have the answer to that. I don't know how they know. They just, maybe they, you know, I would say, look at your numbers. (laughs) If nobody's listening to your podcast, Maybe that's a tell. Um, if people are saying what, if people are not listening to your ideas, if people are ignoring you, if you feel like you're not making an impact, then it might be worth considering because it's not something that people do think, not everybody thinks about automatically. Oh, maybe it's my voice. Maybe they just don't like their voice. No. Or maybe they just feel funny mm-hmm. speaking. Even just this podcast episode alone 
can heighten people's awareness to not only what it feels like, what their body feels like when they speak, but also what other people sound like to them, to their ears. Do I sound like that? I have actually gotten up, asked a a server in a restaurant a number of times to move me away from a small group because people are talking in this kind of a voice where they're on the vocal fry. Are they moving? They're talking in the back of their throat like this. This is a very common way for young people to talk with with a voice in the back of the throat like this, as opposed to this. It's real hard for me to listen to. Is it maybe that person that you have to deal with every day bothers you because it because of the way they sound, right? Maybe you sound that way. Maybe mm-hmm. people don't want to listen to you. I don't know. I do, honestly, I don't know. People come to me for training because they don't like their voice or because someone has sent them to me and said, you know, somebody from okay. a, I've gotten several referrals from corporations because they said, well, your voice is not making an impact. I'm thinking too, like someone could, uh, one of our listeners, if they're w- wondering, because this is very much awareness, right? You've taught me some things even today that I hadn't thought of. So I'm hoping the listeners are feeling the same. And really just, you hear it, I hear it a lot that, oh, I hate listening <laughs> to myself. I've had it from guests of like, oh, you know, it was a great episode, yeah. but I just hate listening to myself. But, you know, there's a piece of that, that if someone is listening, I would think that they could even do a recording. If you got the lovely Zoom that we mentioned, right? Get on Zoom, record yourself, try different voices and maybe test that out to see where you're at in in some of your options. I feel like people probably, again, like I didn't, it's true after you mention it, that there's different voices that we use. We can right. be sweet. And that it, my kids used to <laughs> make fun of me when they'd be in my office. Like you talk differently to clients back when I was younger, I'd had a different voice yeah. than I did for them, you know? So it's very obvious, but it wasn't obvious to me. So I wonder if like something like that, like Zoom or have some, even some friends and family listen to a couple different mini speeches and say, which one actually is more appealing or more yeah. compelling. You could do that. It's called play, right? It's the kind of thing that we did when okay. we were kids. Oh, I'm going to try on some costumes or, oh, I'm going to sing a couple songs into a, um, into a microphone and see what that sounds like. All of that is um, play. It's an episodic podcast. It's six episodes. It's called The Vo- I think it's called The Voice by a woman named Lake Bell. And Lake Bell... You've heard Lake Bell a million times. You just don't know it. Lake Bell has been um, the voice for a lot of animated cartoons. She um, has done a lot of commercials. She And she did a movie, and it was called In a World. Because you know that voice of, that voiceover that, where the man says, In a World. So she called her, <laughs> yeah. and it was a, it was a, a, a film about, you know, her experiences as an actor and a, and a voiceover person. So now she's done this, this, uh, podcast, this episodic podcast of, um, what it's like to grow up aware of your voice, what it's like 
to hear other voices, and also what working with a voice coach is like. And she even has like little examples of working with different voice coaches in this. And it might be interesting for your listeners to key into that if they're interested or if they're concerned about their voice. Sure. I'll add it they, to our yes, show Yes. And I, actually, I can send that to you and that might be useful. Um, they can. What you are suggesting is, is a little ambitious for people who don't have a lot of time um, to, you know, to find a piece of text and then make mini recordings of it. But they can sure play around on a microphone, right? Sure can. Mm -hmm. If you had to recommend three to five things um, that those listening should do to make sure that they are confident and projecting their voice, um, what would you recommend? Check in with yourself. Are you breathing or are you holding your breath? So if you realize that you're holding your breath, let your belly go. That's the first thing because hold on, you're telling women who might be on stage to let their belly go because they, <laughs> we're usually holding yes, that in very tightly. You we know that are, aren't we? And here's the thing: if we were on video right now, I would show you how much difference that actually made when we let it go, <laughs> because we think we're making ourselves about ten pounds thinner when really we're not. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so wear something. If you're on stage doing any kind of presentation, number one is really wear something that you can let yes, it go. <laughs> or understand they're not looking at they're not looking at your belly. They really aren't. It does I'm telling you, physically, like from a visual perspective, it doesn't matter. You just let those muscles go. And what's gonna happen is the breath is going to fall into the lower lobes of those lungs. And then that's what's going to carry your message out. That's what's carrying your words. And that's the first thing I tell everybody is breath. Let your belly go. Okay. Second thing, open your sternum. And right now I'm, I'm going to describe, I'm running my fingers across my sternum to encourage my uh, chest to open or my heart mm -hmm. chakra opens. My shoulders drop and my head just floats up to the ceiling. Because a lot of times what happens, Tina, is when we're in a, a dicey situation, when we're about to give a presentation, when we're sitting in our chairs in a Zoom call, or when we're on stage, we instinctively pull our shoulders inward and collapse in our belly. And then we give away all of that beautiful power. Your listeners may know about Amy Cuddy. Do you? Do you have, a, have you heard about Amy Cuddy? I have not. She is a sociologist, and she ran studies a few years ago um, about confidence. Um, she was having people spit into small paper cups, and she was measuring their cortisol versus their testosterone. Mm. And when our testosterone is... Um, when we're full of testosterone, we're feeling strong and we're feeling powerful. When we are, and she discovered that when people made these power poses, like they put their hands on their hips or they opened their sternum or they, you know, stood like Superman, that their testosterone levels went up. 
but when they were sitting and with their legs crossed or they were slouched, their cortisol levels went up. And so that makes us more afraid. So when we are standing up and just ready to fully give of ourselves by opening up our heart chakra or opening up our sternum and allowing our head to float up to the ceiling, not only does our sound produce better, but we feel more confident. The third thing is move your face around. Really like, really like, oh no, see here, here's where we could use a video, right? I'm stretching. I know. (laughs) Here, I'll do it. You describe it. (laughs) Scrunching every muscle Mm -hmm. in your face. (laughs) Really making some Shrek-like faces. And what that does is it brings blood flow to my face so that I'm more ready to move my mouth and my lips. Because you want to get that mouth open so that the sound comes out. Makes sense. Darcy, I love those recommendations. Um, and maybe we can have a video to, to go along with this episode just so that people can actually see how to open themselves up. But if someone wanted more coaching than those three things that you just shared, how would someone reach out to you? Or what, what do they look for in a voice coach? Um, I think they look for experience. Um, when you're looking for a voice coach, look for experience. Um, you can find voice coaches all over Google. <laughs> That's how sometimes people find me sometimes <laughs> through Google. Um, I would look for performance expertise. I would look for working uh, for experience working with public speakers and actors because that's what you're going to be doing. You're going to be performing. Um, and you can reach me through darcyweb.com. And I am on Facebook at, um, you'll find me if you, if you go to Facebook and look up Darcy Webb. Okay, I'll great. put the link. And Instagram, yeah. Darcy the Speech Diva at Instagram. Oh, I think I'm on LinkedIn. Love that. LinkedIn. Absolutely love that. You'll find me on LinkedIn too. All the, All the places. Yep. Any last words of advice for our women listening? Yeah. Don't let those stinkers get you down. We have so much to say. And that voice is inside you. All we have to do is just take the cork out. Because we have so much wisdom that we need to share. And my final parting shot is always blow through your lips before you have to speak. It's very effective. I'm telling you, Tina's laughing, but it's true. (laughs) This might be the episode that I change my mind and record video from now on. That is great. I do hope that everyone listening is thinking of situations where they could either have been heard and, you know, heard and seen in some of those situations, um, or at least keeping it in mind for future presentations, future situations, um, play a little bit with your voice and see um, what you've got inside and just yeah. go rock it. Play. That's all we're doing, right? Should be play. We should all be having That's fun. That's it. Play, play. Amen to that. So Darcy, I appreciate your experience. I absolutely love what you shared today. You've opened up my eyes up to a couple different um, aspects of being heard and, and voice in itself. So I definitely appreciate it. And I believe uh, our listeners do too. Thank so you. Thank you very, very much. much, Tina. I really, I am so honored to be able to, to talk about this and to spread the word of the power of speech. It's really important. 
Thanks. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. The Woman Choosing Growth Show is not just another podcast. It's a tribe of women helping each other grow. So please share this podcast with all the women entrepreneurs that you would love to see succeed. If you'd like to know more about customized business advising through Cultivate Advisors, download business tools, or sign up for upcoming events, visit www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. Once again, that's www.womenchoosinggrowth.com. Remember, we are in this together. See you on the next one.